Hello everyone, Rainy Bastarash here. In today's experts interview, we have Dr. Chanel Faith, who's the, let me go ahead and read this because there's a lot of information here, the founding director of the University of Michigan Alumni Career Center. She was the project manager for the Sellers Lab on Racial Identity in the Department of Psychology and director of academic diversity initiatives for the School of Public Health at the University of Michigan. She's also coached women from all walks of life and counseled hundreds of students to realize the good and the greatness inside them. Her engaging presence and unique training style have inspired audiences to action, including women's organizations, corporations, and academia. She often speaks and leads workshops on leadership, personal mastery, and loving life and living free. I'd like to go ahead and, and welcome you. Thank you for coming on our show, Chanel. Thank you so much for having me, Rainey. I really appreciate it. Right. I'd like to, well, I, I told a little bit about you, some of the things that I was able to steal off your website, but I want you to go ahead and elaborate on that for us. So tell us who Dr. Faith is. Sure. So you told me to brag, so I'll go ahead and try to do go that. Go ahead. Um, so I recently had a major life transition, and I left my full-time employment back in November to launch my first book, which is what you mentioned. It's Come Back to Yourself, Love Life, Live Free. And that basically is a culmination of finally getting to the point of being ready to um, fully embrace who I am. And that is um, someone who's willing to put myself out there, show my vulnerabilities so that others can um, get more freed up to do what they really want. So I've come from corporate to academia to finally launching on my own full time. And I'm absolutely loving it. Um, there's certainly challenges that go along the way as an entrepreneur. But um, I've started um, along a path of coming from um, a challenging childhood upbringing in terms of child sex um, abuse, being able to eventually get over that and really going on to stop the parading and the running and finally getting to a place of internal peace and solitude to finally get the things that I really want. And um, I'll be sure to elaborate a little bit more, but that's more or less a brief introduction of who I am. Great. I was very impressed when I went through, especially the beginning part of your book. Again, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the book, Come Back to Yourself, mm -hmm. Love yes. Life, Live Free. Now, mm -hmm. one of the first things I do when I look at a book is look at the preface. Um, <laughs> So I read this beautiful preface about the hard work you put into it, and, uh, and, the, and the young man says, and I'm very impressed with this person who's my mom. <laughs> I was like, it kind of like, wow, okay, she had her son do the preface. Well, that is awesome. You know, you think about the preface, you think, well, who can I have do it? And, uh, you know, I can have this person, but who's the better person that knows you? Uh, who do you respect the most? It's your own child. Right. So I, I thought, well, hey, kudos. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you. It's funny because, of course, I searched for the expert to provide that preface for me um, who's in the field. But actually, my son approached me and he asked, could he write the forward? And I just thought, what 11-year-old asks anyone to write a forward to a book? And so at first, I was a little reluctant because I've been taught you're supposed to ask the expert. Um, but I... It didn't happen, and he just wrote the most wonderful forward, um, and he really does talk about how I poured my heart and soul into the book, and he's a, that innocence just tells it all, so I'm just thrilled that he's the person who wrote my forward. 
So he actually came up with it all on his own as well. He came up with that whole thing. And the way that he's been able to capture what I do is amazing to me. Now, of course, we have an editor. So the editor just tightened it up. Yeah. But essentially, those are his words and his thoughts. So and uh, so now you have two children. I have two children. So my firstborn is the 11-year-old boy who wrote the foreword. He's going into middle school next year. Great. So we are in the midst of selecting a new middle, you know, new school for him for next year. And then I have a little girl who I also write about in the book. Her name is Giovanni Olivia. My son's name is Gian Mendoza. And uh, she's seven. She'll be eight next Thursday. She thought her birthday was this Thursday because she's all excited. <laughs> she wanted double um, presents. <laughs> but it's interestingly um, that I have her, I dedicated the book to her because she exemplifies what I write about in the book of being completely free, owning what you want, um, disowning what you don't want, and not making any um, uh, apologies or you know, being unapologetic for what you really want. And so she's got the secret sauce that I'm hoping to share <laughs> with others. Um, and then I put one sentence to my husband who noted that. <laughs> so in the acknowledgement page, I do acknowledge my, my loving husband, Gary D. Guzman. And um, it was definitely noted that he only got a, a sentence. <laughs> well, I knew about your, your daughter because when your son was, was writing his part, he goes, my mom is very focused, on, except for those days when he, she's working with your daughter. That's you right. Yeah. So my daughter yeah. always is like, mom, please don't go, please don't go, because I cannot write at home, of course. So I have to leave the house, and you know that's the last thing I hear is, mama, please don't go. But <laughs> I had to do what I had to do, as he said, so... Okay, great. I'm going to ask you to tell us uh, a bit about your book, um, you know, what it's about and how it can help people, if you would. Sure. So the book is really designed, it's written with women in mind, but it's applicable to everybody. Men have already reviewed it and told me that, that it helps them as well. But what it's really designed to do is to help people relinquish that false version of themselves so that self that we project, especially for women, um, because we do it really, really well. Um, women are, to me, the most beautiful creatures of the world. And we look the part, we act the part, but oftentimes it's a ref a, to deflect sort of that um, inner work that hasn't been done yet. The inner work um, of being completely free, free of unforgiveness, free of, to be fully joyful and happy within yourself as opposed to relying on external determinants. And so once we release our false version, we get onto that true core self of who we are, um, being able to dance with our souls. So really embracing the things that we really want to do that doesn't reflect the societal expectations and norms. So not being bound anymore. And then going on to rewrite your own mission and vision so that you can go after what you really want with purpose. Um, and then not being, again, apologetic about your brilliance. We have brilliance and we sort of downplay it when we should be living it up really big mm -hmm. um, so that we can have influence and impact because nobody can see our light if we keep it tucked away. And then um, I encourage people then to use that to go on to leave a legacy. So there are little ones coming behind us and we want to be able to share that light with as many people as we can. So it's really an empowerment book to help people come back to their true core self and live life in a way that they love it without having to make excuses or apologies for it. Great. Now you say something about, uh, in the book, 
it says you you speak of rest, retreat, and renew. Why is that important? Or maybe you could tell me a little bit about that. Well, I'll use the first person as okay. an overachiever, overaccomplisher, um, if that's a word. We go, 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 and we do not stop, and it will wear you down. Um, you know, we have chronic stress, we have chronic health issues, people have chronic back issues. I mean, just to name a few, we have mental health issues like depression. Um, a lot of times it's because we don't take time to stop and rest and retreat from all the external. So I really am a strong advocate of going within to get quiet in the silence so that you can find that true voice of yours that already has all the answers, has all the the true meaning is already on the inside, but there's so much noise on the outside, we can't always access that. And so I believe taking time to rest and come away from all the activity, all the striving and the achieving so that you can stay in touch with that true core self of who you really are. And then from a physical standpoint, your body needs rest. <laughs> you can't keep going and going. You'll run it into the ground well before it's time. So if you think about you know, your longevity, you can't just run it into the ground, you know, the first half and then expect to have vitality in the second half of your life. So I just am a firm believer to step away, take some time to rest, renew and retreat. And sometimes with retreat, we mean to get away, go to a hotel, go to a bed and breakfast. It doesn't have to be expensive. Go to a park on the afternoon and just sit on a park bench and just watch the ants go by. I mean, just something to pull away and withdraw and go with them. And that's, it's critically important for your soul to continue to thrive. Now I have to ask, ask you, you say you're taking this from the first person, he said. So yeah. when you first started doing the rest retreat and went away on vacation, did you take your cell phone and answer it? That's my hardest part. Actually, <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate that. No, it's, but nothing like, you know, really getting to the point here. So no, um, let me just say that um, I went on a five-day retreat, a women's <laughs> retreat, and I did not look at any email. Um, and I Sorry. didn't text. You know, obviously I have to check in back at home. But other than that, no, I completely unplugged. And I put that in the book because we use that as a barrier, like we can unplug, but you really can. Everything will be okay, and it will be waiting for you, as you know, when you come back. So you can take a little time to unplug and just give it to yourself for a change. Go for yourself. That's the most difficult part. <laughs> but yes, it's, it is. it's so not very easy. true. <laughs> it's not easy. Now, besides the book, I know that, you know, from what I've seen, you've written a lot, you've done a lot, you teach. What's the, you know, if it's other than this, what is your basic message or purpose that you like to share with people? Um, my core message through my speaking, through my writing the book, and also my coaching is embrace your pain. Um, that might come across in an interesting way. But what I have learned is that when we continue to um, sugarcoat our pain, uh, pain that is often secret pain that we don't share with others, pain that um, could be from an abuse from a long time ago. It could be from a recent hurt or a betrayal or a physical um, issue. But when, but when we harbor secret pain, we can't be our fullest and we can't give the world our fullest. 
And so I, my message is embrace that pain and stop trying to self-medicate the pain. And we self-medicate by, you know, mindless TV. Um, sometimes we drink, sometimes we do drugs, sometimes we um, uh, overachieve, um, keep going after the next thing, the next thing. We get into um, relationships that are not always good for us. We kind of do anything we can to self-medicate the pain, to make the pain numb so that we don't feel the pain. But my message is, let's feel the pain so you can stay with the pain long enough to actually make a transformative change. And I'll use me as an example. I was in a position for about two and a half years, um, sort of got a lateral move, and I didn't like it. And so um, instead of sitting with that discomfort and trying to do something about it, after I couldn't do anything that I thought I could do, I started eating. I, every day at 3 o'clock, I'd go down to the vending machine and get a chocolate bar, either a Twix or a Nested Crunch, every single day without fail. And I ate everything in the office. So when things started to disappear, it was because I was eating them. <laughs> I was sugarcoating. I was making myself feel good because I was very um, bored. I had discomfort because I knew I wasn't living up to my potential. And so we do that in so many different ways. And so my main message is stop doing that. Get some help for you to deal with the actual pain so then you can get on to living life fully and uh, freer and get on to your real purpose. We don't want to go after our purpose wounded and what I call half-baked. We want to do it free and full. And you can't do that if you keep stuffing your feelings down. So you need to feel those feelings and yep. feel that pain. Do something about it. That is my core message. So it's kind of like people that try to avoid the elephant in the middle of the room. Yes, exactly. It's like, <laughs> and I, I and noticed it's not going to go away. Yeah, exactly. Like when you have a goal, you need to have a goal in order to get there. And if you're trying to eliminate something that's bothering you to move forward, if you don't identify it, like you said, it's right. still going to be there. Good. And, uh, and it makes it that much harder to to to, to get on to that bigger thing. So. Yeah. Now, um, I mentioned to you earlier that you know, with the Self Help Expert Network, we deal with. Uh, the things that also stop people with their self-image. We believe that change comes from within. In your industry, from what you see, what do you think are the most common, I guess you could say, self-image issues uh, that people have in the industry or have that, that you deal with that they need to get past? Sure. Well, because I, I deal so much with women, I mean, the number one issue is, unfortunately, um, the self-image, how they look which really honestly boils down to weight. Um, people, for whatever reason, um, have issues, especially women. That's why there's a billion dollar ish, uh, industry around losing weight. But I don't believe it's about losing weight. I believe it, like you mentioned, it is an internal issue. So whatever dominant um, image you have on the inside of you is projected on the outside. And so instead of trying to dial up the outside, um, I believe firmly of building a core that is um, strong, fortified with um, things that build you up on the inside, that give you joy naturally, that give you peace naturally, that tap into your goodness. All those things are on the inside of you, like you said, and not on the outside. Um, and we just tend to 
oftentimes focus on the outside instead of taking the time to go inward in the silence and start building those things up. And I think with the self-esteem issues, the image, the self-image seems to be like the number one thing for women and especially regarding the weight. So I talk about that in the book. Um, if you ask 100 women, do they want to lose weight? Probably 97 of them are going to say yes to some extent. Mm -hmm. To me, that's just not where the focus needs to be. And because we're not feeling ourselves, if you will, then we don't go after those promotions. We don't go after the relationships. We don't go after our own purpose because we don't feel confident enough in, in, in of ourselves. And so I believe that is probably the biggest issue um, regarding self-esteem. And again, it, it has to be dealt with from the inside of changing the dominant image that you have about yourself inwardly first, and then everything will be reflected outwardly based on your inward um, image. Now we're going to get to the nitty gritty. Okay. <laughs> you, mentioned, you mentioned a little bit before about your own self-struggle. Mm -hmm. What did you do to overcome your struggles or self-image things to finally change things or what made the break to be able to become the successful person you've become today? So as I mentioned, and I'm, I'm sorry, we didn't talk, it's Rainy, am I pronouncing it correctly? Rainy is fine, yes. Rainy, okay. Yep. So Rainy, um, coming through child sexual abuse, um, what I did, uh, that happened at nine years old. So what I did, not knowing you know, what that really was and so forth, I didn't know what to do except run. So I literally ran through high school, through college, through relationships, through um, degrees. So I have several degrees. It was because I would never stop long enough to deal with that pain that I talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. And so my breakthrough came when um, I had miscarried um, my husband and I's first babies. They were twins. And so before uh, Gian and Giovanni were born, we were expecting with twins. And unfortunately, we lost the twins, one on week seven and then one on week eight. And so that was when I completely stopped. I stopped the running. I stopped the parading. I stopped putting on, quote unquote, the pretty face. Um, when people would call to help me through that process, um, I wouldn't stop crying. I wouldn't, you know, put on my face. I just felt that pain. Um, as I came through that through counseling, I realized that in my ongoing counseling for the child sexual abuse, that I had not done the forgiveness work. And that to me was the crux of me getting completely free and going on to the things that have made me successful. Um, so in my last counseling session with my therapist, I brought to her attention that we had never dealt with forgiveness. And she led me through a 45 minute exercise. And at the end, I was supposed to be cured but I wasn't. And so no offense to my therapist or any other therapist, but you probably can't do a whole work of forgiveness in 45 minutes. So I turned to my pastor and he told me the process of going through to forgive my perpetrator. I went through that process and I completely forgave my perpetrator. And not only that, Rainy, I forgave anyone or anything that had ever offended me, which I didn't even know some things had still needed to be forgiven. Once I received that full forgiveness, I became completely, completely free. 
And that feeling of being free means I am unencumbered, I am unbound, I can pretty much do whatever I set my mind to do. That was the turning point for me, was true forgiveness. And from there, I have gone on to be bold, um, to have a power and a presence, and to go after what I really want. And to me, that, that was the, the absolute turning point, was true forgiveness. Great. Wow. Um, all these thoughts are going through my head when you're saying this because we deal with a lot uh, with people with PTSD, and that's one of the big things that mm -hmm. we bring up with them is forgiveness is a big step of it. So, and Absolutely. PTSD isn't just war. It's everyone. You know, right. so many people. It's everyone. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think the whole forgiveness piece, we don't, we might learn about that in church maybe. We might learn it in a form like this, but the vast majority of people, actually there's a study that says over 70% of people agree that they have to do more work around forgiveness. Well, where do you go? Who do you go to for that kind of work? Right. It's hard to do that by yourself. Um, so I strongly encourage people to go and get help for issues that you might not even know that need to be forgiven. Sometimes it's unconscious. I was running unconsciously all those years until I finally realized I've got to forgive that person in order for me to really be authentic and free. Exactly. Okay. Now, if you had, you already gave a bunch of these, but I'm going to say it anyways. If you had one secret or could share one bit of wisdom with our people for them to be successful, what would it be? So I, I am going to have to recap, Rainy, Rainy and that is um, you've got to feel your pain. You've got to embrace your pain and stop sugarcoating it. I actually didn't finish the story, uh, Rainy, and that is that I, I did give up all my chocolate. I gave up all my pastries. I gave up all my um, Boston cream donuts. I gave up sweet potato pie. I gave up rum cake. I gave it all up. So I am not eating any more chocolate, any more sweets until I actually um, achieve a major goal of mine. Um, so I would say embrace your pain, stop medicating it or self-medicating it, and get some help to really get free of it. And that is through the power of forgiveness. So that is my you know, my core message, my core secret is to um, forgive so that you can be free to go and pursue the things that you really want fully and freely. Great, great. Now I have a little exercise here. I'm okay. going to give you a little history about it. Uh, my wife and I were in Sephora's the other day, and I was speaking to one of the managers at Sephora, and he was telling me how one of the women, uh, one of his makeup artists were working on a woman, you know, they, they fix them all up there. And oh, yeah. he says the whole interview, this woman was just, she was an elderly woman, just talking bad about herself and negative, everything that came out of her mouth. I don't like my face. I don't like my, and the girl that was doing the makeup told her, she says, stop, look into okay. the mirror right now. I want you to look into the mirror and tell me three things you like about yourself. And the woman did, and she said she walked out. She gave her a big tip, of course, but she walked out all happy and beaming. And I thought that was such a great thing that I've incorporated it. So right now, I want you to imagine you're looking into the mirror and tell me three things you like about yourself. Um, I actually love that I have the biggest heart of anybody that I actually know. <laughs> I love the fact that I am very healthy and strong. I think that's going on. That is three. Um, and, and I love that I have one of the biggest smiles because it comes from a place of pure love and joy on the inside. So I love me and um, it just pours out to people that I meet. And so I just love, love goodness and I, I, I love 
that it's within me. And we could tell you're very infectious. <laughs> you know, it's like Thank you. <laughs> being over here. <laughs> Thank you. So my mom calls me happy. That's my middle name, happy. happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any kind of, uh, how, would, how would I say, maybe do-it-yourself tricks that someone could maybe take themselves out of the mud or get beyond this, this hump? Um, well, so the way that I'll phrase it, it's a, it's a technique. And okay. it's really um, to help you tap into one point in your life that went really, really well that you can remember. And what you're going to do is you're going to project it into a new area that you're getting ready to face. So it could be that you're going on a job interview, that you are going on a, a date, that you are going after that promotion. And the method is called flip back, flip up. And um, I give credit to Lou Tice for teaching me that method or his trainings. And so what we do, Rainey, is we um, go back within our memory bank or even something that just happened that was awesome, that you just really um, accomplished. And you use those emotions and those feelings from that experience. And hopefully you have seared that on the inside of you when it happened. And if you haven't, that's a tip. Whenever something good happens, sear it, sear those emotions. But what we do is we borrow something that already happened that was really good, and we project those same emotions and those feelings into a new experience that hasn't happened yet. And we do that through imaging and, and um, um, being self, um, basically self-imagery. So you are trying to project something from the past into something in the future. And it works really well for things that are unknown, that you have trepidation about, that you're not sure about. You can build that confidence and that self-esteem instantly by borrowing something from the past that happened really good and projecting that into the future in your mind before it happens. And so I encourage your members to try that method. Flip back, flip up. Very good. Thanks. Now it's time for our rapid question segment. I told you a little bit about that. We have a series of 10 questions that I'm going to ask you. And okay. just in case you thought I was kidding about being timed, okay, you can see I kind of oh, yeah. have my <laughs> And I'm going to start it. You get about two minutes. But, but think okay. about them. Have fun with it. All right. And uh, let's see. I, I want to get the questions ready because if I take two minutes to read them, you won't have time to finish, right? Right. So uh, after I read the first question, we'll start. So, okay. what do you do when you're sad and you want to change your mood? Here on. I go ballroom dancing. Okay. What's your favorite <laughs> affirmation, or if you don't have one, what would it be? My favorite affirmation is, I expect to be successful in every endeavor. What are the three top things on your bucket list, or what would they be if you, if you don't have one? I want a personal chef. I'd like a personal driver, and I'd like a butler or whatever that is for the woman. That's what I want. I want somebody to help me every day. <laughs> My what's, own personal assistant. What's your favorite book of all times and why? Um, you can have everything that you want by Ar Arnold Patton because it shows you from each dimension of your life that you can truly have it all, and I truly believe that for everybody that you can have it all. Do you have any pets and what are the names? No pets. Okay. Ever. That's <laughs> All it. Right. Uh, if, if you could be or do anything in the world, what would it be? 
I would be a singer um, of the Beyonce style. Okay. Where's your favorite place in the world, and have you ever traveled there already? Well, so far, my favorite place is Kauai. It is the flower garden island of Hawaii. I've been there twice, and it is a secret getaway. My husband and I honeymooned there, so it's very special to me. Okay, now other than places that you've been, where's the number one place in the world you'd like to go? I'm told Fuji. Fuji? Fuji? <laughs> Fuji. I can't even pronounce it. Okay. Yes. I'm having trouble with the timer here. What's your favorite food? We've got two left. Sweet potatoes and my mother's dressing with, with gravy. <laughs> and the last one, tell us something about yourself that no one else knows. Oh, jeez. Um, that I, you stumped me on that one, Renee. Um, That's a great time. Just ran out, me. but we're extending. <laughs> oh, okay. Something that nobody else knows. Um, my father is Michael Jackson or was Michael Jackson. <laughs> your, your, your father was Michael Jackson? Is that what yeah. you said? <laughs> Yes, not the king, Michael Jackson, okay. my, my true father, Michael Jackson. So that's all I got. Sorry. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and, and since we're having such fun, you said you had a funny story you wanted to share with us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I was headed to a speaking engagement to see Les Brown, who most people know as a, as a world-renowned uh, um, speaker. And in the airport, uh, there were two guys, business owners from Detroit, who own an optical um, store and a young lady. And we were just talking and just, you know, making conversation. And we got ready to board the plane, so we all said goodbye. Well, when we got on the plane, I was assigned to sit next to the two gentlemen. And I thought, oh, great. That'll, you know, should be fun. We can continue our conversation. Well, the one owner, he asked me, would I hold his hand during the flight? And I thought, what kind of pickup line is that? <laughs> but he was really serious. And I thought, oh, my God, this guy is really serious. And so then his partner kind of leaned forward and said, if you don't hold his hand, I'm going to have to hold his hand the whole time. So this guy really had a fear of flying. And so I, um, you know, I held his hand the whole time. And I just tell that story, Renee, or Rainey, to say, Sometimes we need people to hold our hands and walk us through life. And that's what I do as part of, um, you know, my coaching and, and other things maybe we'll talk about. But sometimes you just need to hold somebody's hand. And so I realized he wasn't trying to pick me up. He just really needed somebody to hold his hand. And just how <laughs> ironic, he's a man. And here I am, this woman here, holding his hand the whole time for this flight to, from Detroit to California. So. Now I can see the ramifications from you saying that on this video. So many people are going to be writing in. You know, I'm going to use that. My husband was holding this lady's hand. <laughs> or somebody might use it as a pickup line, but yeah. don't do that. <laughs> to write that one down. But anyway, okay. Uh, I wanted to talk about where people can uh, contact you or find out more information. And I have your website here, which is uh, www. ChanelDeGuzman.com, which is C-H-A-N-E-L-D-E-G-U-Z-M-A-N.com. So they can get a hold of you there. 
And we were talking earlier about a great function you have coming up. And from going to the site, you'll be able to find out about that and more to come. But can you tell us a little bit about this teleseminar you got? Yep, absolutely. So I actually brought my own notes. So this is called, right now we're in spring break. So our family's at home uh, this week on spring break. But I devised a teleseminar called Spring Break, Spring Break for Your Soul. Again, when I talked about rest, retreat, and renew, this is that inner work that I'm talking about. So it's a six-week series, teleseminar, um, and it goes through everything from how to let go of the false version of you, the seven steps to forgiveness, how to dance with your soul, how to create and live your own vision, mission, and values, the secret to maintaining your health and well-being while you learn to rest, retreat, and renew, uh, practicing the presence of God for ultimate soul renewal, and then the bonus is how to attract the love you really want and also how to finally kick your sugar and chocolate habit, which I did. And it's 90 minutes um, every Wednesday starting April 20th and then every other week uh, on the following Wednesdays from 8 to 9.30 p.m. And um, the cost is three ninety-seven. And I had mentioned to you that I'd love to offer it to your members at a reduction of $100 off at $297. If anybody's interested, they can simply go to the website. And there are other goodies at the website, too, but this is something that um, hopefully members will be able to take advantage of. Great. And, and while we're speaking of other, other goodies, uh, I know you mentioned that you had a freebie for us as well, which is a free 30-minute uh, strategy session. If you want to mention a little bit about that. Absolutely. So in addition to speaking and writing, I also coach. Um, I now consider myself a faith coach, the F-A-I-T-H coach. And so I offer a free 30-minute strategy session just to find out where you are right now, what's preventing you from getting to where you want to go, and then develop a strategy to help you get there. Oftentimes we can, you know, pinpoint something in that 30 minutes, but usually it's just a um, precursor to um, potential more work that needs to be done. So I offer that freely and I give freely and so I'm happy to offer that to your members. Thank you very much. I'd like to thank you for, for visiting with us and for uh, teaching us and thank for sharing you. us your message of loving life and living free. So thank yes. you very much for coming. Thank you so much, Rainy. It's been a pleasure.